When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me as always, drum roll please, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Wow, thank you. Wow, wow, thank you, baby. Oh, my God, I'm so happy to be here. Wow, wow, you're such a great audience. Wow. What did you bust out of? Um, It was one of these, like, uh, big circles with paper in uh. it. And right. on the and paper it says the Andy Hart face. Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy, um, you're here. I'm Spear. You're here. You're Spear, and uh, that's a great segue, Andy. Because what what are we talking about this week? What are we talking about, man? We are talking about um, the debut album by Tenacious D, <laughs> uh, eponymous. Uh, you know, album, self-titled album. Andy, 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 you're getting confused again. Uh-huh. It's not the pick of destiny. We're talking about the spear of destiny. Oh, uh, the holy lance, the holy lance. And I always thought the holy lance was that guy uh, that I knew in high school who was really good at lacrosse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh no! Wait, his name was Lance Holly. Yeah. Sorry. Uh huh. Lance Holly, professional lacrosse player. Yeah. Um, Andy, we're talking about the was spear. not allowed to be friends with him. His parents' decision. <laughs> Good decision. Good parents. Yeah. We're talking about the spear of destiny, Andy. This is a magical Christian yeah. relic. Art is saying spear of destiny, and he is doing the Dio, uh, devil horns, the metal friggin', you know the. Index finger and pinky, where you're holding back your middle and ring fingers with your thumb. He's doing that while he says "spear, spear of, destiny. of destiny." It's a very metal topic. I have to. I have to say, this is a badass holy relic. This is. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about its stat bonuses. I think maybe later on in the show. Oh yeah. Um, this is a badass. It's really cool. Very history mystery. A lot of history. So you history buffs are going to love it. But yeah. uh, but we, we, this came from a bunk bunker. This did come from a bunk bunker. This came. Uh, from a bunk funker, from out of a very nice email. Uh, 
Yeah. From a longtime listener, uh, first time writer in her. That's right. Um, by the name of Richard Puddinhead. McAdam. So, Puddinhead? Thank you, Puddinhead. Thank you, Puddinhead. Uh, this is a great topic. Um, it, 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 like I said, badass, holy relic yeah. spear. Oh, yeah. It's got extreme power. A lot of um, people throughout history have coveted this spear and wanted to use it and maybe have used it to win great wars. Um, so, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to give you the whole enchilada. You're going to be able to use the spear to shovel the whole enchilada on this topic into your mouth. Yeah, you're going to be able to stab yourself a, a, a whole enchilada. A nice and, corner piece, too. Yeah. Extra crispy. Sure. I guess enchiladas have corners. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're a lot like lasagna. Everybody loves the corner piece of the enchilada. <laughs> sure. But uh, if you can't wait to get to all of this delicious uh, history, mystery stuff, uh, fun, uh, powerful relic kind of <laughs> episode, you can, of course. If you want to make this intro history. That's right. You can skip past it and it'll be in your past. It'll be in the timestamp. Look in the episode show notes. Look in the description. You'll find a timestamp. Skip right to the research. But first, Andy and I got to tell you about a life of the bugger. Oh, my God. We are friggin' blowing up. <laughs> not like balloons either. Nope. And not like, uh, I don't know, industrial fertilizer and blasting caps and stuff. Um, we are, this podcast is becoming very popular. Very popular. Um, Key we demographics. Are, we are trending. Trending. We are trendy. Trendy. And we've been approached by a lot of sponsors about yeah. running ads. Right. And We're not going to list them. No, because it wouldn't be right. We are right. nothing if not professionals. It's like a thing, you know, you can't really list who you're working with right now until the projects come out. So, you know, we're just in talks. Just just know that. Yeah, just know that there are, we have meetings daily. We're by meeting the so hour. Much. Meeting. So many. Um, Calendars are stuffed. You know, Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1000 companies. Yeah. Local businesses. Fortune teller companies. Um, yeah, Fortune tellers, Fortune uh, bounty hunters, soldiers of fortune. We are getting so many offers to run ads during this podcast. You're right. And, you know, obviously our goal is to turn this into just a block of ads. Right. A money-making uh, machine. Right. And not have any actual content, only ads. Uh, that's our main objective. Right. With this podcast. And so we were approached by, you guys have probably heard of them. This is a fast-growing Burger chain. Very popular burger so chain. So delicious burgers. You've probably all eaten there because right. this is, yeah, I mean, McDonald's is like, oh, over 1 billion hamburgers sold. Well, this place Snorfest. dwarfs the McDonald's yeah. numbers. They this sold is, this 80 trillion hamburgers 80 trillion, last month. 80 trillion, 80 million. We, they showed us their numbers. And I mean, honestly, they sold, I, you know, from from a supply perspective, they right. should theoretically not be able to serve this many there were burgers. There should not be enough meat in right. the world right. to supply this. But no, they have they have good arrangements. The the charts were there. I mean, Andy and I slept through most of the presentation, but uh, yeah, we didn't really look know. at any of the backing data. But we like to look at pictures. Yeah. And so when they approach us, this is of course that we're talking about Bunk Junior and Bunkties. Right now, you out west. Mm -hmm. You know it as Bunk Jr. Yeah, it's, it's Bunk Jr. west of the Mississippi, That's east right. of the Mississippi. That's right. It's Bunk D's. It's Bunk D's, so you probably grew up either a Bunk Jr. or Bunk D's. Right. You know, you've got the, uh, you've of course got the, you know, the, the Western Bacon Ranch uh, burger. You've got the, you've got the classic uh, Oklahoma City Melt sandwich. That's right. 
Um, there's lots of famous burgers there. You've got yeah. the um, you've got the the big Wyoming, it's like a roast beef sandwich. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, famous, um, you know, famous great great onion rings there as well. Right, right. Um, tater tots. Right. Yeah, tater tots. Um, they're also famous for onion their tots. Onion. T- Potato rings and onion tots. They do the little switcheroo. <laughs> they do a little switcheroos. Uh, they're famous, of course, for their uh, cheddar sticks. Um, <laughs> Lots of great stuff at Bunk Juniors you know, and Bunk they have They have um, soda, you know, a famous, you know, like a lot of fast food places, there's a soda fountain in right. there where you can get pop and, and or soda, whatever you call it. And But, you know, the Bunk Junior Bunk D's model is that there's only one out. Put so you just get it all mixed together. It's it's a yeah suicide you, machine. It's a suicide machine. So and it's it's great and it's great. You know, famously they have no ice. No anywhere ice on premises. None. Nothing is refrigerated. Everything no. is made fresh or made rotten. And it's just it's a great chain. It's a fantastic food. So they approached us. They wanted us to start in a commercial for them. Yeah. And immediately, I mean, when they were pitching this commercial, it's so friggin' cool, so badass, so hogged out. Right. This is how you should do marketing is is because these these ads are targeted at fucking hogged out Chad dudes. These are right. burgers for dudes, dude burger. Right. These are like Dude Burger, home of the Dude Burger, can I take your order? These are like two patties, right, fifteen slices of cheese. Uh, onion tots and potato rings, right. uh, barbecue sauce, ketchup, right. and uh, dill pickle ranch Oh yeah, um, s- on top of the whole burger. And then there's a smaller uh, burger stabbed through with one of those plastic swords and they right. shove that shit into the bigger burger. Right. And the so- buns are all made of cornbread. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It's. I mean, it's, this is. These are. These are not for the. This is the cornbread. This is, look, this is not a salad. Yeah, this is, and they're calling it the cornbread little burger fetus burger, and it's fucking badass. It's a badass burger for badass dudes. It's sopping wet. It's dripping. It's oozing. You can't pick it up because it hurts right. your hands. Right. Because it's, it's fucking, so spicy. It's, it's. It's. It's impossible to pick up. You literally cannot, you have to fucking change. You have to bring in a change of clothes before you can order it because you're mm -hmm. going to get something on your shirt. They did the math. No human jaw can open wide enough to actually take an entire bite of the whole thing at once. And they refuse to serve any kind of plasticware or silverware. It's, 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 look, it's about being manly. It's about burgers, baby. It's about burgers, baby. And so uh, when they approached us to do this commercial, I mean, this commercial is so fucking cool. I mean, this is like... This is what you want. Is like you want to get horny while watching a burger commercial. Right. And this is this look, Bunk Jr. and Bunk D's, no right. offense to our, you know, lady listeners right. out there. We love you. We love all of our bunk funkers sure. equally. But Bunk Jr. and Bunk D's is a man focused restaurant. And so they've gone with their marketing the way that you should. Um, and what's right to do for all marketing is Really target in on your audience and yeah. exclude anybody right. that might possibly cross over. Yeah. You wanna you 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 gotta hit that fine line of right. marketing to the people you wanna come in and completely offending everybody that m- just that's not part of what you can do. They don't exist as far as you're concerned. Right. And you want them to be angry at you and you right. want them to hate your content. 
So this commercial is so, I mean, right off the bat, it is steamy. This is an R-rated commercial, probably. Um, you know, it's me. I'm walking mm-hmm. through an open market bazaar type of thing. Mm-hmm. This is like one of these old school open markets. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's very clear right from the start. It's a hot day. I look, I look fully nude. Right. It's me walking. I look fully nude, and immediately right off the bat, you just know. I mean, we saw the focus groups. These horny dudes are like, "Oh shit, are we gonna see that guy fucking full ass naked?" I'm horny for burgers now. Yeah, there's nothing. That's there's, what the focus groups had to say. Right. Focus groups want to get horny and they want to eat burgers. That's right. And so this this commercial one hundred and one. You know, it's like <laughs> you've got Art's delectable naked body, right? Uh, combined with the delectable. Um, Bunk Junior, Bunk D's, uh, big, well, big bacon fetus burger. The big bacon fetus burger doesn't come in just yet. It's me. I'm walking through the market, Andy. Right. And then it's like, oh shit! Like, it's like every time you think stuff is gonna move out of the way to reveal my genitals, mm-hmm. more people put other other badass stuff in, in the way to like block it. So it's like right. you know. I'm like walking, then I stand and I think a little bit, and there's like a garden hose blocking my junk. Right, or you, you know, you turn, you turn toward the camera. Right, and just when we think we're gonna see those, uh, you know, your glossy little nips, <laughs> two big watermelons right. get placed on a stall. Two big watermelons get placed on a or, stall, blocking my glossy nips. You know, there's like, oh, there's a cart moving through, and somebody's pushing a cart full of stuff, and it tips over, and you were standing behind it, and we think. Uh, we're going to see your dong, but then there's a guard standing there with, with an old-fashioned musket. That's right. It totally makes sense. And or, of course, you know, like you're walking past and people finally think they're going to get to see those butt cheeks, but then somebody comes in and they're like, they've got two great big cuts of meat and they're trying to sell meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're... um, And then I start doing like jumping jacks for exercise, but then right. like the person selling the meat is like, Losing control of the meat, but like somehow it's in the rhythm of of me with my jumping jacks. And of course, then the shot kind of like pans to the left. And then you and I kind of meet in the middle of the market. Right. And we're walking towards camera and they're doing similar things with you where it's like a snake wrangler comes out to like block both of our junks. This like dude with he's like, he's got this badass snake. He's got one of this like little, you know, gardener snakes and it's blocking my genitals. (laughs) Um, Someone, you know, they... (laughs) Like you think you're gonna see my you think you're gonna see my testicles, but then somebody comes on one of those hop along balls. <laughs> you think, That's right. You think you're gonna see, you know you think it's gonna you're gonna see my butt, right? But then one of the stalls has a gas leak and it explodes, and so there's like fire and shrapnel covering my anus. There's fire and shrapnel in the background. It's so fucking cool. Dudes are getting so horny watching this commercial. And, and so we're strutting. We're strutting through this market. And then eventually, finally, we get to the end. We're like in a medium shot. All the stuff clears. You can see we're wearing a gliss like we're wearing like the smallest possible gold bikinis. Right. Totally blocking it. You never were going. You got teased. You yeah, these are So go buy burgers. Yeah, these are these are like barely covering our nipples. That's My right. breasts are popping out. Um, you know, they're thongs. And so we kind of line up like back to back and then we both reach up like holding the burger in a way that is very unnatural, but showcases the burger to the camera. Right. Like, holding it from behind so that it's 
it's it's floppy flaps can flap around with all the cheese and the barbecue sauce oozing down our arms. Right, right. You can, you can, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you can really get, because remember, the sauce is on the top. Right. And not inside the sandwich. Not inside so the sandwich. It's just oozing onto our arms. The sandwich is very dry inside. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fucking cornbread. Right, right. Uh, so it's and we both take like big honking bites of these burgers. Yeah, and it smears and you know there's burger falling into our bikinis and smearing all over our chests. Thing is though, you know, obviously Andy and I've been on a lot of different commercial shoots over the years. Uh we're very, you know, we're great on set. Um we really don't demand that much. Just two double wide RVs for trailers, mm-hmm. green M&Ms and the rider. Um and then replace the green M&Ms with red M&M's and then make actually a new purple M&M, um, which I think red and green make purple. I can't really remember. I and don't it's care. like, we don't want to hear from a director. We don't want to hear from a DP. We don't want to hear from anybody on set, except unless they have a message for us, they deliver it through Knight Rider. That's part of our rider. <laughs> the car right. Knight Rider. Yeah. Uh, they have, and have not, the car Knight Rider. Not, yeah. The car Knight Rider from the TV show. <laughs> right. Kit, Kit the car has to, has to deliver all the communication to us. We don't really memorize lines. We like to ad lib. Right. I like to be loose. So thing is, though, we bit into these burgers at the final scene and they yelped out in pain. Yeah. And the burger then was like, you fucking idiots. Why did you bite into me? This is fucking bullshit. You were supposed to keep walking. Don't you assholes read the script? And I was like, shut the fuck up, burger. No, I don't read scripts. I'm I've like- never read a script in my life. I was like, oh, God, I'm hallucinating again. I'm hallucinating again. I forgot to take my medicine. <laughs> so you start breaking out, and then this this burger stands up on its two little burger legs and goes, it's me, Mr. Bunker. Like, don't you get it? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know any Mr. Bunker, and you can't get me, dill pickle ranch demon, because <laughs> this thing looked like a golem made from sauce and cornbread. Right. Um. So this, I don't know. You know, maybe we just need to, and anyway, and at some point in time, you know, this burger just, you know, kind of took us and then it started, all of a sudden we got like enveloped in that like a steamy aluminum foil that you wrap burgers in to keep them nice and hot and toasty and steamy. Right. And then, I don't know, it, they they transported us in a Bunk Jr.'s bag here. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't even give me any fucking fries. They yeah. forgot our fries. I ordered fries. So, I don't know, something's up. They need to keep workshopping out there, Bunk Junior, Bunk D's. They need to workshop that, uh, what is it called? The Big Bacon Cornbread Fetus Burger? Yeah, Big Bacon Cornbread Fetus Burger. Which is weird, there's no bacon there's on it. There's zero bacon on it. I think Big Bacon is the line. You know, oh, they have this line okay. of Big Bacon Burgers. Right. Um, and it's really more like where it's like, Big Bacon is like the character. Okay. The marketing character, where Big Bacon is like... Uh, a former right. uh, county sheriff who's uh-huh. now a professional wrestler, and you know he he gets he gets kicked out of the sure. le- out of the wrestling league because yeah. he he always carries a live firearm into mm-hmm. the match and he discharged it too many times. That's big bacon. That's one of their marketing characters. <laughs> one of their, their marketing burgers. characters. So I think they need to workshop the burger, come back to us. I love where the commercial's at. I didn't like that ending, but I think yeah. the burger needs some work as well. But we did look sexy as 
fuck? Yeah, we looked super fucking sexy. Those focus groups were horny for burgers. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, I didn't get this feedback specifically, but I do have to imagine that in these focus groups, all these all these guys were probably jerking each other off under the table, right? Big time. Because <laughs> I mean, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Um, speaking of breaks, Andy, break me off a piece of that big bacon, big bacon, big cornbread, bacon cornbread, cornbread fetus burger. burger. <laughs> That's true. Uh, now, speaking of breaks, Andy, um, yeah, we have to take a little break to ring a bunker alarm. Oh, a very God. special bunk bunker. Yeah, we have a really special bunk bunker. Um, you know, look, bunk bunkers, we are so grateful for your support. Um, you know, for those of you who have found it in your hearts and in your wallets to visit patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker pod. That's true. Uh, we are so super grateful that uh, super grateful. you like the show enough that you want to get extra content. Uh, and we're so happy to keep making you content and we hope that you love. Um, and you know, we are happy to really have patrons from anywhere. Um, and this is one patron that really gives me pause, though. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I never thought that the show would get to the point where we might start having to deny uh, support. But this is one that's got me on edge. A little. We are on edge about this person joining the Patreon. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, right. We'll keep you posted. Um, but keeping this guy on a tight leash. Yes, we want to. We do want to give a sincere thanks to our newest patron, that's right, who is legitimately a good friend of ours. Yes, um, much you know, to his, you know, he, he like his chagrin. Yeah, it's you know, it's one it, of these, yeah. it's one of these situations where, like, he's we're friends with him more than he's friends with us. <laughs> right, for sure. Like, you know, we're good friends with him. Uh huh. And I think that. It's problematic for him, but we're glad he yeah, sticks like, with like us. Yeah, like he's like, like it's like, yeah, we're like detrimental to him, but he can't quit us. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's like, you know, he keeps, it's like an addiction, I guess. Sure. He keeps making a bad decision sure. and he just for some reason can't stop. So thank you to our pal, Nick Simon. Nick Simon. Nick, the si Nick Simon, the shy man. Nick Thanks for your support. Thank you, Nick. And Nick, I know. Give us a kiss. Smooches. I know, Nick, that uh, your favorite part of this podcast is the bunker alarm. And That's so right. for you, we're going to ring a very Did special bunker alarm today. I'm going to fire up the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000. Fire it up. Um, and we're going to we're going to give you an alarm here. So let me just. Uh, He's looking behind. Let me get this thing, uh, started here. Oop. He's got the chain. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a pull start model. It's a pull start model. <laughs> God, chain such is such hard fucking work. Yeah, the the chain is stuck. <laughs> oh, there it goes. There it goes. Oh, listen to that baby purr. That baby is purring for you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, get out of here, Donald Duck. <laughs> the bunker alarm, Duck. Donald the bunker alarm duck. All right, Nick, let's see what we got here for you. Nick, let me what just do we got for you? let me just do a little typing on this keyboard. Sure. Ooh, those keys are crusty. Oh god. I should cam so much on the keyboard. Nick, we came on the keyboard. 
just for you. Ooh, uh, let's see. That's a good one. I'm just going to turn this dial. Push a few buttons. Oh, here's a good one. There we go. There we go. Good thing All you right. pushed those buttons. Yeah, that was the key. Nick, uh, thanks for your support. Thank you, We Nick. are genuinely, sincerely grateful. And yes, we are. You know, thank you to everybody that's a patron of this show. Sure. But today, right now, thank you, Nick Simon. Thank you, Nick Simon. So, Nick, without further ado, let us ring this bunker alarm for you. Ooh. So, three, two, one. <gasps> back home had a pop <laughs> nick that bunger alarm was for you thank you nick we love you bye bye see you later um so thanks nick thanks nick um thank you to nick and thank you to all of our patrons if you of course <laughs> want your own bunker alarm just like nick you of course can get one at patreon.com forward slash mr bunker pod mr bunker at just five dollars a month or more uh you get uh i mean there's like over 30 hours of content on the bunker, right. the bunker Discord, uh, we cover a lot weirder topics, weird people. Uh, we've debunked different myths. We've done serial killers. We've done a ton of different haunted mansions. Uh, we've done a ton of fun stuff. There's bunker newsletters, creepy pastas. Creepy pastas. We've done. Um, there's there's bunker newsletters to read. There's um, access to the bunker Discord, um, and so probably some other shit in there too. So um, there's of course the uh, the the Mister Bunkers. Uh, Project Podcast Podcast, which is a special series available only on the on the Patreon that involves, uh, guess what? The Bunker Alarm recipient oh, today. Nick Simon. Nick Simon. He's a part of it. Um, you can get access to that. We um, made him pay us to right. get access to the audio. <laughs> I bet he's on. Yeah. <laughs> he held the audio oh, hostage. Oh, we're great friends. Yeah. Um, no, the first three episodes are already live. You, of course, uh, the next three will be releasing... Uh, over the course of the next three months or something like that. So um, check that out. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunkerbot. So, Andy, uh, we need to, I'm going to, uh, the bunk bunkers are going to start poking our sides oh, yeah. to check that we're still alive here because we got to get to the spear destiny. Jesus Christ, bunk bunkers, stop poking us with that spear. <laughs> That's right. Bunk bunkers, quit poking us. Ow. Ooh, I'm so tender. Um, bunk bunkers, this is the spear of destiny. Badass Christian holy relic that might have super cool badass powers. And a bunch of fucking dudes throughout history have used it to kill and maim each other and take over shit, which is 100% in line with the Christian message. So anyway, without further ado, this is the Spear of Destiny. It was destiny. Destiny. Here on Mr. Bunker's Spiracy Time Podcast. I think that went well. Bunker 
Funk Funkers, today's topic is your destiny to have your entire mind tummies filled with the whole enchilada because we're talking about the mythical Christian relic of great power. The Spear of Destiny! The Spear of Destiny, sometimes referred to as the Holy Lance, and we'll yeah. refer to it interchangeably throughout it's this either episode. Either way, you could call it either one. Whatever we feel like. Uh, this Spear of Destiny or Holy Lance was the spear used by a Roman soldier to poke Jesus Christ in the side to make sure he was dead after the crucifixion. It is one of the most sought-after relics in all of Christendom, among the greats such as the cross itself and the Holy Grail. And now, for a limited time only, <laughs> for just three easy payments of $49.95, you can have all three the cross on which Jesus was crucified, the Holy Grail, and the Spear of Destiny. Act now and you'll receive a crown of thorns. <laughs> uh, I miss those commercials. Those in possession of the spear, though, fuck those other ones. The spear are said to wield immense power. The spear was held by many, many great rulers throughout history. And uh, trust me, we're going to give you the whole enchilada on them, the whole timeline. Oh, yeah. In just a moment, but... What you need to know is that each one excelled in battle. Uh, they, they were immensely uh, successful in battle, and this is believed to be attributed to their possession of the spear. However, there's a catch. It is said that once the spear leaves uh, this ruler's possession, the owner dies within a matter of days. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> Andy... Can you imagine having an item with that much power in your possession? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Art. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. I wouldn't want the spear. <laughs> That's way too much responsibility for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. The only spears for me come in pickle form. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be too afraid I'd like, you know, poke an eye out. Something with that thing. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> what does Andy take me for? An idiot? I can read right through his bullshit excuse. He wants the spear for himself, and he's going to use today's research to obtain it. Look at him. He's honestly a disgusting American psycho. The one who should wield the spear should be a handsome Chad, like myself. Someone who deserves to wield such a useful and powerful instrument. Me? I would use the spear as the perfect back and butt scratcher, as I have an overtly itchy back and butt from all the expensive denim and flannel that I wear. Hey, Art, looks like you were lost in thought there. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, Andy. Mentally preparing myself for today's topic. You know, I practice mindfulness and Yoga Nidra-style meditation. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What does Art take me for? An idiot? I can read right through his bullshit excuse. He wants the spear for himself, and he's going to use today's research to obtain it. Look at him. He's honestly a disgusting American psycho. The one who should wield the spear should be a handsome Chad, like myself. Someone who deserves to wield such a useful and powerful instrument. Me? I would use the spear as the perfect tool to retrieve the last pickle from the pickle jar. Then I would drink the brine. Hey, Andy, shall we continue? Oh, yeah, of course, Art. <laughs> now, <laughs> the spear of destiny is obviously very important to Christianity, and uh, this is the verse where it is mentioned. The Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 32 to 34. And this is from the King James Version, so it's going to sound weird. Yeah, this is ye old English right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know why I picked King James. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, 
they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. So, that's the thing, right? The spear did not just touch the hot little bod of Christ, his hot swimmer's body, all muscled up and toned. It also got a bunch of Christ's blood on it, and it is Christ's blood which is believed to have given the spear its true power. In fact, the Roman soldier um, Longinus, um, I mean, perhaps named for his other spear, wink. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Yeah. What kind of spear was he packing in his pants? Good question. He used the spear to poke Jesus in the side tummy. And when he did so, he actually got some some of Jesus's blood splattered on his face. And this blood allegedly cured an ailment that he had with his eye. Now, Longinus is then said to have converted to Christianity because he was convinced of Jesus's powers and abilities. And I think later became canonized as a saint. Mm, Wow. All right. Now, bunk funkers, we're going to go on a long stretch of history here. Big long trip. So buckle up uh, because of course for this, we'll need to wrangle up the history hog to help release all this history, porky goodness to all of you. Andy's pig noises are totally subpart of my pig noises. I make the most accurate and realistic pig noises. However, the history hog is seen as an entity of Andy because he's associated with being a pig and having pig-like qualities on the show. However, it is I that has an appreciation for the animal and faithfully adapts their squeals most accurately to real life. Right off the bat. We'll mention that the spear has been transferred between many, many historical rulers over the years. Also, there's multiple versions. Historians have done their best to attempt to trace the timeline of the true original spear, the one used to pierce Christ in the side. But much like the act itself, it can get a little messy. (laughs) After the spear was used to pierce Christ in the side, it was allegedly returned to a Roman armory. In 66 AD, the spear was taken during the Jewish revolt in the first Jewish-Roman war. It was either hidden for safekeeping or ignored. We, we don't really know. Uh, over time, as Christianity spread, the legend of the Holy Lance grew and grew. People believed it had power, and therefore it did in the public's eye, whether it actually had any real power from Christ's blood or not. It next pops up some 200 years later with Roman Emperor Constantine I. Actually, before Constantine, Helena, mother of Roman Emperor Constantine I, or Constantine the Great, was a devout Christian And when her son became emperor, he appointed her as Augusta Imperatrix and gave her, quote unquote, unlimited funds to go fucking hog wild in the Middle East. History hog wild in the Middle East, (laughs) digging up old Christian relics. It was a real, realified, bona fide Christian relic. Dig it hoe down. Yeah. I ain't done one of them in a while. (laughs) And Helena. She tore shit up, though. She tore shit up. She toppled the statue to Roman gods that Emperor Hadrian built over the alleged site of Jesus' tomb. She helped to rebuild Jerusalem after Emperor Titus destroyed the place in 70 AD, and she supposedly found the actual bona fide cross that Jesus was crucified on and performed a miracle with it, where she used the cross to raise a man from the dead. God damn, or God bless? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which one? Now, that's a badass necromancy spellcasting device if I ever saw one. That's true. That is some necromancy right that's there. That's some necromancy that, shit right You can go into the late game with a device like that. Oh, yeah. Now, Constantine was hella into his mom's religious pursuits. He was like, hell yeah, mom. And supposedly <laughs> saw a cross in the sky before a big battle with the words, 
by this conquer. Which is very in line with Jesus's message. Yeah, Jesus was known for his, you know, subjugate your neighbors. Right. Doctrine. Yeah. From then on, Constantine was all about Christianity and developed a church building program. He encouraged pilgrimages to the holy sites. And he even founded the great city of Constantinople, which had a bunch of Christian churches, uh, you know, along with being one of the most, I mean, is it fair to say this, Andy? One of the most well-known cities in all of history? I would say it's fair. Constantinople is referenced a lot. It's a very important, it's a very, it's got very important geography. Yeah. It's a very large city. Sure. A very important place. Okay, there you go. Now, it is because of Constantine's Christian push that we actually have some written history of the rediscovery of the supposed Spear of Destiny, which was said to have been found by a believer on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He went to the basilica in the middle of the city and said he saw it there being used to form a cross. Now, this is believed to be the real Spear of Destiny, the OG one used to pierce Jesus's side tummy. Constantine did not possess the lance itself, but did allegedly gain possession of the nails used to bind Jesus Christ to the cross. And he had one formed into a badass crown that he wore on his head and one formed into a blade of a different lance. So now we've got two, and we're going to call that one Constantine's Lance. Mm -hmm. But again, things get messy. Legend of the Holy Lance, I mean, the, both versions, the OG uh, Longinus one and the Constantine one, they started to grow and grow and grow. People were like, oh shit, these fucking Holy Lances, we got to get our hands on these. In fact, the barbarian tribes, you know, uh, Attila the Hun, maybe you've heard of them. Uh, yeah. I have. Oh, I have. <laughs> they routinely raided and eventually even, you know, as history shows us, took over the Western Roman Empire and they would demand the lance. They had heard about it. They said, we want that lance. Give us your lance. Hearing of its immense power. But the early popes in Rome, they were like, no way, dude. You're not getting your hands on this holy relic. They held steadfast. They wouldn't give it up. The Byzantine emperors, as boring and annoying as they are to fucking study and read about because they're such losers, they carefully watched over the holy lances and relics until they eventually lost it in the sack of Jerusalem by the Persians in 614 AD. Great going, Byzantine emperors, you fucking losers. God, such a boring era of history. Jeez. Now, during this invasion of Jerusalem in 614 AD, the blade of the original Spear of Destiny, the one that Longinus used to poke Jesus in the ribs to test him for doneness, was broken off from the shaft. So now you've got a blade and a shaft, and then Constantine's lance is somewhere. God damn, it's that classic country song. It's that classic country song. You got the spear blade and I got the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> so the person who broke it off allegedly escaped to Constantinople. Now the Byzantine emperor, uh, Geraculus, how do you pronounce that one? Geraculus. Geraculus? <laughs> I don't know. Geraculus sounds like this is some sort of like dinosaur, dinosaur vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the dinosaur Byzantine emperor, Geraculus. <laughs> I want to suck your blood. <laughs> dinosaur vampire. Geraculus, uh, right? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Or maybe Geraculus. Geraculus. Well, anyway, this fucking idiot, this business, this boring ass Byzantine emperor, this fucking douche. He recaptured Jerusalem in 670 AD and he restored all the badass holy relics to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre there. So, although the OG spear was broken, it, its alleged powers were not broken. The spear 
actually doubled in power. The shaft stayed in Jerusalem and the blade tip went to Constantinople. What a boring, uneducated dolt art is. I am routinely associated with pigs, but he is the true uncultured swine. Early Byzantium is rife with interesting and entertaining historical topics, and he is too boneheaded to see through it. Someone like me should wield the spear, not him. My name is Andy Hart. I am between 45 and 380 years old. I believe in pushing my body to the unethical and extreme limits of medical science, a shit diet, and thinking about exercise as exercise. In the morning, if my ass is a little hemorrhoidy, I'll put on a frozen Depends diaper while I eat my Raisin Bran Crunch cereal. I can eat 1,000 bowls now. Afterwards, I don't shower because showering removes your natural musk. I wear oversized Jinko jeans and an Izod purple sport polo. Anyway, Constantinople isn't just the basis for a great They Might Be Giants song. Istanbul is old Constantinople. That's nobody's business but the Turks. It's also, uh, Constantinople is also the city Charlemagne the Great ruled over because he was considered a Roman emperor. <laughs> he was in, a bit of, in a bit of a controversial move by the Pope, he was coronated as, as the emperor. Yeah, was he, he's the one who blackmailed the Pope, right? Or extorted the Pope? I can't remember uh, what he did. Well, it was, it was or was that of, Otto? It was like a political machination because uh, it seems like the Pope was trying, this, this is like furthering the schism east and west ah. in the church uh, between, you know, what is like Roman Catholicism versus orthodoxy mm. uh and so the pope in rome decided to make charlemagne a a a central western european uh leader the emperor of the roman empire such as it were hmm. rather than the you know whatever it was called at the time basilicus or whatever in, in basilicus in, in uh, byzantium oh okay well there you go well, bit, controversial. Bit, controver- bit of controversy uh anyway um so Charlemagne, technically Constantinople becomes part of his domain de jour by, um, you know, being emperor of the Roman Empire. And Charlemagne allegedly carried the spear through 47 battles with legend claiming he died immediately after dropping the relic. Charlemagne. This continued to establish the myth of the spear's power. But we don't ex- remember phantom time hypothesis, though. Charlemagne's True. not real. That's true. Um, so anyway, the story of Charlemagne continued to establish the myth of the spear's power, but we don't exactly know which spear Charlemagne is using here. Was this the OG lance or is this the Constantine lance? Regardless, after Charlemagne, the spear, which one? We don't know. Then gets passed around like juicy gossip about Art and I. Stop it, you wags. <laughs> Saxon kings barter and sell the spear here These and there. Saxon kings Saxon come kings, in. They're so fucking sexy. It eventually makes its way to Henry I, who is the king of Germany and seen as the first founder of Germany. He coveted the lance and its power, and when he got possession of it, he believed he was the true rightful heir to the Holy Roman Empire. The popes at the time, much like Carl with his backyard pool, were like, no way, you friggin' idiot. <laughs> they didn't want him to be they Holy Roman Emperor. They didn't want it. Henry I was pissed off about this and began collecting other badass holy relics and housing them in a special chapel he built, much like a greedy red dragon. Henry passed the lance on to his son, Otto I, upon his death. And this was, they say, this is the Constantine spear Mm -hmm. and not the Longinus one. So I guess they're using the Constantine spear now. Otto, at a pivotal battle, which uh, I I can't remember which battle it was, but uh, is said to have prayed 
with the lance in his hands until his army was victorious. Now, he was so good in battle against the Hungarians and the Poles that people were like, hey, this guy ought to be the ruler of the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> get it, guys? And then they, get, then they stab him because he, he made a bad joke. He's, like, <laughs> he's a peasant. That was, that was the... Right. That was like the peasant around right. in this, this medieval time, and he's making yeah. that joke, and then they're like, ah, stab him. Peasant. That was me and Art in a former life. That's true. Now, eventually, Otto did become the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, which unified the kingdoms of Germany and Italy as the Holy Roman Empire. Now, partly due to his ownership of the lance, and other partly due to the fact that, like, I think he... I think he was the one who, like, was like, well, you let me become Holy Roman Empire, then I'll come to the aid of the Papal States of Italy. Yeah. Because he had this big fucking army, and he was fighting the Hungarians, and then the Hungarians were doing some bullshit somewhere else. Yeah. And he was like, well, 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 Pope, you make me Holy Roman Empire, make me me the Emperor. And the Pope was like, okay, fine. You can be Holy Roman Empire. And then Otto was like, good, thank you. I have the lance also. So everything was kosher. Everything was good there. Everyone was like, great. He's got the lance. Otto knew this was Constantine's version of the Holy Lance and not the OG Longinus Lance, which was, he said, you know, that's somewhere out east, probably in Jerusalem. Probably in Boston. (laughs) Yeah. Probably in Boston, Mass, being wicked smart. Out in Boston. It's buried. Anyway. Otto had copies of the Constantine Holy Lance made at a, you know, maybe a Christian Kinko's. We don't know. And then he touched tips with the original Constantine Lance, which imbued the copies with the same power. Why would he do this? I don't know. Wow. Otto gifted these copies to his bros, the kings of Hungary and Poland. The two kingdoms he absolutely fucked up in battle had now become his allies. This basically sealed Otto the Great, you know, as a badass ruler who fucked shit up, laid pipe, made bros with his enemies, and unified tons of shit. Uh, Now, the thing is, could all of this badassery have been because of the Lance's power? Otto, the first grandson, Otto the third, practiced artificial male enhancement by adding another nail of Christ to the spear, and he also continued to carry it into battle as his ancestors did, and again, He was as victorious as they were. Thus, the Holy Roman Lance became a symbol of Germanic power. And (laughs) more on that. Oh, boy. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) Yeah, I think you probably already know where this is going, Bunk Bunkers. You're a smart crowd. Um, During the reign of Frederick II, the Lance was moved to Nuremberg, where it stayed for 500 years. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So right now, there's two main Holy Lances, along with a bunch of copies that Otto made, but ignore those. Forget about those. Forget them. Fuck fuck them. (laughs) You've got the OG Longinus Lance, which is somewhere in Jerusalem, and the Constantine Holy Roman Lance, which is in Germany. These lances were like symbols of great power. Wherever there was a battle or for a great empire in Europe, a Holy Lance of some kind made an appearance. But this is nearing the 1700s. Let's backtrack, because there's yet a third lance found during the Crusades. Wow. Back in 1095 AD, during the time of the Holy Roman Empire, the Seljuk Turks had vastly expanded their empire, eventually taking over Jerusalem. So a few decades earlier, uh, in 1074 AD, 
you know, various popes and kings in Europe were like, holy fuck, dude, what do we do with all this civil unrest? And how do we like expand our badass legacies and stuff? And thus, the idea of a military campaign to the Middle East to reclaim the Holy Land was starting to develop. Luckily, this would be the first and only time such an idea was ever theorized throughout all of history. That was it. One and done. <laughs> Nobody ever said, let's go to the Middle East and fuck shit up ever again. Nope. Uh, you know, I think it was pretty much, they tried it this one time, it didn't work out great, and then everybody was like, you know what, we don't need to do that again. A few decades later, um, in 1095, so we went we went to 1095, backed up two decades, now we're going back forward two decades. Pope Urban II actually brought the idea to fruition. People have been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it for decades. They right. were like... What do we do? How do we get people to stop being mad at us and mad at something else? Yeah. <laughs> they brought the idea to fruition, hosting the decisive Council of Piacenza and subsequent Council of Claremont in November of 1095. It was here that Pope Urban convinced the leaders of the kingdoms of Europe to mobilize their peasant and chivalrous knights forces to go aid the Byzantine emperors against the Turks and commit disgusting acts of war and destruction. You know, in the First Crusade, in the name of Jesus Christ and such. Yeah. Boy, we've come a long way, baby. Now we just do it in the name of our nation. Right. We don't need... <laughs> we've moved beyond the point of needing religious justification sure. to commit atrocities. However, it was also said that the belief... That Pope Urban used the belief of recovering the Spear of Destiny, which is said to have helped mobilize the forces of Europe on such a campaign. I mean, can you imagine the threat of Muslim forces amassing these weapons... Of mass power and destruction. Hey, wait a minute. Well, Deus Volt Art. So the first Deus Volt. <laughs> Deus Volt. <laughs> so the first crusade was underway and it wasn't going so well. Um, they committed a lot of atrocities, as they were wont to do, but one crusader army marched toward the former Byzantine city of Antioch, which was under control of Muslim forces. The crusaders besieged the city for eight months. Eight fucking months they sat in siege of Antioch. Jeez. But it was a stalemate. Eventually, the crusaders developed a sneaky little plan to have a spy within the city help persuade a guard to open the gates. And despite only having a 56% chance of success, <laughs> it worked. The Crusaders marched on Antioch and massacred its inhabitants. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you people of Antioch who probably had nothing to do with any of this. Fuck you. Yeah. Get wrecked. <laughs> the Turks then sent a massive army to retaliate and retake. You know what I really love about old-fashioned warfare? What? You know, it's like people say, oh, bombs kill so many civilians. It's like swords can kill civilians, too. And I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> there was so much fucking. I mean, it's like you read about it. It's like, yeah, they killed. They killed the Muslim forces, but then they also killed a bunch of Christians, too, because they didn't fucking know. How would you know? How would you know? You just walk in and start murdering people. Yeah, that's what you did. So Barbaric. anyway, the Turks sent a massive army to retaliate and retake Antioch. The crusaders within Antioch asked for help from the local Byzantine forces to aid in their defense. And the Byzantines betrayed them and didn't send them aid. Surrounded and tired from battle, the crusaders were losing hope. They would soon be enveloped by the opposing Muslim forces and the city would again fall into Turkish control. But a monk 
named Peter Bartholomew reported that he had a vision in which St. Andrew told him that the Holy Lance was buried in the church of St. Peter in Antioch. After much digging in the cathedral, Bartholomew allegedly discovered a lance. The lance inspired the crusaders to fight, and they eventually drove off the Muslim forces despite their superior numbers, and the Turks abandoned the siege. So now, there's a third spear, the Spear of Antioch, and after the crusades, all three were housed in Constantinople. So which spear is which, and where did each go? Ha! Good question. Stop thinking about it, because we got to tell you about the fourth spear. There's a fourth spear. Forget these three spears. <laughs> the Armenians claim to have their own spear. They're like, hey, we got a spear too. <laughs> like, what? I got your spear right here. <laughs> oh, wait, those were the Americans. There is an alleged holy lance conserved in Vagarshapat. 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 The religious capital of Armenia. Now, this is all according to a 13th century Armenian manuscript, which basically says that the spear, which pierced Jesus in the side tummy, was said to have been brought to Armenia by the apostle Thaddeus. Great apostle name. Thaddeus. Now, in 655, the French traveler Jean-Baptiste Traverneur, 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 Tavernier, Tavernier, whatever, dude, was the first Westerner to actually, he, he saw this relic in Armenia. He's like, oh, fuck, that's a real spear. <laughs> now, in 1805. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God, Sacre Bleu, this is a spear of destiny. Oui, oui. Oh, oh, where is your latrine? I have got the wee-wee. <laughs> in 1805, the Russians captured the monastery and the relic was moved to uh, Tichinov, Geghard, uh, Belisi, uh, in Georgia. I'm sorry. You're not going to... I don't know. I have no fucking clue. How, what do you say it? Uh, let's see. This is probably Tichkanov. Shichkanov. Shichkanov. I was close. I would say Gighard. Tbilisi in Georgia. Yeah, I was close. Yeah. It was later turned to Armenia and is still on display in the Manugan. Manugian. Manugian. Yeah. Come on. Museum in Vagharshapat. Enshrined. <laughs> I just want to point out that I did not write this script either. So no. Art's doing all of this to himself. Ah, uh, yeah. I should have. I probably could have put in lookups, but anyway. It's enshrined in the 17th century uh, reliquary. Okay? These are tough words for me. Um, so now there's four total spears. And if you're confused, so were a lot of other people at the time. And basically everybody in modern times is confused as well. Basically, people went, ooh, we Google got over holy lances of any kind. If you had a holy lance, you were definitely seen as a friggin' badass, whether it was a real holy lance or not. You could literally just be like, hey, I got a holy lance. And people are like, well, why should I pay attention to you? You're like, well, I got this holy lance. And they'd be like, oh, fuck. He's got a holy <laughs> lance. Christ. I don't know. Literally. I guess he's a king. Yeah, yeah, I guess I am. Okay, you're king now. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. You'd be like, well, we're going to win because we have a holy lance. We're going to win this battle. And then and then if you lost, people would be like, well, it wasn't a real holy lance. But if you won, people would be like, well, see, he's the holy lance. It was the holy lance. So there's a bunch of them running around. Let's circle back around to the Constantine lance. So during the Fourth Crusades, oh no, they did that crusading thing three more times. They did it three more times. Oh God. my God! Well, at least that's the last time that's anyone the ever. Last time any Westerners right. ever invaded the Middle East with right. bad intentions. So, right, right. During the Fourth Crusades in 1204 AD, Crusaders sacked Constantinople, and it is said that Baldwin II took control of all the lances. My favorite Baldwin, bro. Yeah, yeah. 
Baldwin the second. All three lances were being kept there. Uh, the OG Longinus Lance, the Constantine Lance, and the Antioch Lance. In 1241, uh, Baldwin was said to have sold the relics, including the tip of the original Longinus spear, to King Louis of France. The spears remained in France until the French Revolution, where the tip remained in France, but the other spears disappeared. So now we believe that, allegedly, this is just the blade tip of the OG Longinus Lance. We think? Let's go with that. Okay. Fast forward a bit here. Napoleon also sought the spear, but never obtained the relic. It was said the spear was smuggled out of Vienna before Napoleon could capture it. Then, the spear came into possession by the Habsburg family. The Habsburgs traced their lineage back to Otto II, and this house ruled a fuck ton of shit over the course of Western history. Oh my god, they ruled so much stuff. They ruled so much stuff, they loved to fuck each other, they were so inbred. Uh, Habsburg ruled the Holy Roman Empire for over 300 years, and they had also produced kings of Bohemia, Hungary, Croatia, Spain, Portugal, and were also prominently known as the rulers of Austria and Austria-Hungary. All around badass chads, and it's taking every fiber of my being to not go off the rails and talk about the Habsburgs. You and love talking about them. Weird fucking shaped jaws and faces because of all the inbreeding. <laughs> uh, but besides thrones, they possessed a fuck ton of famous Christian relics as well. Oh, baby, did they love Christian relics. So you, think you could put a Habsburg in a room with a Christian relic, and I'm telling you, Everything's going to be covered in jizz. And they kept all their precious relics in their treasury house in Vienna. And this finally brings us to a shitty little fella named Hitler. Uh, before that, uh, by the way, Andy, uh, rain check on our squash game on Friday. Got a res at 830 at Bennigan's. Great chicken tenders. Jesus. Bennigan's? On a Friday night? How'd he swing that? I think he's lying. Art always lies to make himself seem cooler and more appealing than me. He probably wants to use the spear to eat with Bennigan's. However, his palate is much less refined than mine. I bet he doesn't even know their secret menu item, the Patio Shaughnessy Guinness Glazed Salmon Fritters. Combine the ranch with hot sauce dipping sauces for an appetizing flavor bomb. Fantastic, Art! Uh, let's continue with the script. Yeah, sounds good, Andy. Anyway, this shitty little guy, Hitler's connection to the spear, starts with one famous German composer. Maybe you heard of him. Richard Wagner. <laughs> Thank you, Andy Wagner. Wagner composed an opera called Parsifal, which was kind of based on this 13th century epic poem of the Arthurian uh, knight Percival and his quest for the Holy Grail. Wow. Way to copy Monty Python, Richard Wagner, you fucking hack. Come up with an original idea. Wagner Jesus stealing Christ. other... Ste first of all, stealing Arthurian legend and then yeah. fucking doing an opera parody of uh, right. the Holy Grail, Monty Python. Maybe you heard of uh, Spamalot. Spamalot. Uh, maybe you should stop spamming us with these bullshit fucking operas, Richard Jeez, Wagner. What a fucking hack. The key to the success of these Arthurian knights was that they possessed the Holy Lance. So the opera was this like perfect blend of like this Germanic-inspired mythology. Oh, Germany's great past, and these great conquerors, and ooh, these chivalrous knights and nobility and relics of great power. And during a performance of Parsifal in 1912, in the audience was one unemployed artist named Adolf Hitler. Now, he, of course, was transfixed by this opera and radicalized by its contents of the past, of this, this this past Germanic greatness, all of his heroes. Oh, how great Germany once was, is what he thought. Wow. Thanks a lot, Richard Wagner, 
Fuck you, dude, you Hitler-inspiring hack. Yeah, fuck you, Richard Wagner. Fuck you, Richard Wagner. Fucking loser. Now, some say the first time Hitler laid eyes on the spear was in 1908. According to Trevor Ravenscroft in his book, The Spear of Destiny from 1997, Adolf Hitler was first led to the Lance in 1908, and from the moment of his first encounter with it in the museum, it became, quote, the central pivot, end quote, in his life, and the, quote, very source of his ambitions to conquer the world, end quote. Regardless of how Hitler knew of the spear and regardless of how Hitler knew of the spear and it gave him a widow boner. Oh, the shitty little fella has a shitty widow boner for the spear of destiny. <laughs> so, uh, since the spear was owned by many of the past Germanic heroes of Hitler, such as Otto the first and Frederick the first, it became a symbol of not only political power, but of quote unquote pureness of the great history of Germany and its connection to the great rulers of the past all of which Hitler wanted to be. So when Hitler rose to power in the 1930s and Austria came under his control, Hitler ordered the SS to take the spear by train to Nuremberg, where he stored it in a specially constructed vault that took six years to complete. From there, Hitler had Heinrich Himmler, Heinrich Himmler uh, create the, um, let's see, this is the Annenerbe, yeah. uh, which was basically the think tank Nazi propaganda machine that justified the Holocaust and push their evil Aryan race beliefs, uh, a bulk of which stemmed from Hitler's connection to the past Germanic heroes who all wielded the Holy Lance. But, oh my God, was Himmler into the Holy Lance and its connections to Germanic kings and the First Reich. Holy fuck. This sick fuck couldn't get enough. He fucking loves this thing. God, these guys are so fucking into it. Um, Himmler used funds to hire a plethora of researchers, archaeologists, Scientists alike to go research Germanic history and dig up Germanic relics, including the bones of Henry I. Uh, when Hitler took the real Holy Lance from Vienna, Himmler was sprouting his own Holy Lance in his pants, hoping, hoping that Daddy Hitler would give him the Lance because Himmler was so fucking obsessed with Germanic history. Germanic history. Typo? German pronunciation, history. History. Uh, but Hitler... Only gave him a copy of the Lance, which was a huge fuck you. Allegedly, Himmler kept the copy uh, of the spear on his desk next to a vial of his own blood, which Brad Meltzer of Brad Meltzer's Decoded on the History Channel calls, quote, the worst paperweight ever, end quote. I mean, that's pretty bad, but I can think of worse paperweights. Petrified poop, jar of cum. There's all, they're all bad paperweights. I'll tell you, though, I had a cool paperweight of a dead scorpion with some cool sand encased in a glass dome. That's pretty neat. Anywho, Hitler had the lance taken to St. Catherine's Church, where the spear in his possession at St. Catherine's Church, uh, Hitler believed he would, uh, with the spear in his possession at St. Catherine's Church, I should say, Hitler believed he would, he was imbued with its power, and the world could finally begin, and he would be victorious, just as his ancestral heroes were, all because of the Holy Lance. But Hitler was not victorious. That honor goes to Victoria Justice and Ariana Grande. Thank you, Ariana Grande and Victoria Justice. You are victorious. Victorious. Now, it's said that when Allied bombers damaged a portion of St. Catharines, the many treasures looted by the Nazis and stored there were taken to another hiding place. In the chaos and confusion, the Holy Lance was left behind. On April 30th, 1945, U.S. soldiers under the command of General Patton retrieved the artifact believed to be the Spear of Destiny, and Hitler committed suicide in his bunker soon after. 
holding true to the legend that loss of the spear leads to death of the owner. Uh, hey, Art, I drafted some new business cards for the pod. What do you think? Picked them up from the printers yesterday. I got one for me and one for you. I hope that's all right. This one's yours. Alabaster cum. And the lettering is something called Papyrus Gothic. Very nice. Good coloring. It is very cool, Art, but that's nothing. Here's mine. Raised comic sands on ghost sex white. Nice. Very impressive. Look at that subtle off-white coloring. The tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. I can't believe Andy would make business cards for the show without consulting me. He knows I have a much better eye for design. Andy will probably use these cards to slip one to the Pope to get access to the spear. Anyway, Andy, uh... (laughs) But is that what really happened? And who wields the spear now? That's the question, right? Yeah. The spear seized by General Patton's forces is currently housed... Oh, boy. By the, uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Vel... Vel teaches... Shots... Schatzkammer Museum in Vienna. Wörtliche Schatzkammer Museum in Vienna. Sure. In Vienna. It is now the Vienna Lance, and uh, to distinguish it from the Vagaharshapat Lance and the Vatican Lance, which he starts with a V. How fun. They should have called it a Vlance. It's a Vance. It's Bruce Vlance. <laughs> the holy Bruce Vlance. <laughs> Oh my god, he must have poked me in the sides because they're hurting from me laughing. <laughs> my sides are in stitches. <laughs> oh jeez. My body fluids are losing, falling out of me. The Holy Bruce Flanch. The Vatican claims they are in possession of the one true lance, though. I mean, this is the real OG longinous lance used to p- pierce Jesus in the side tummy. Um, it is in said to be housed in St. Peter Basilica in the Vatican. You know, the body of St. Peter is believed to be buried about 60 feet below the church. That's why they built it. Um, and and then on the neat part about this church is that on all four sides uh, of the, you know, the, the all right, let me put it this way. The St. Peter's body is in the middle of the church, buried in the ground. Then on all four sides of the church, there's holy relics. It's kind of neat. You go to all four sides to see the holy relics. Um, the first one is the veil that it supposedly wiped Christ's face on the road to Calgary. Um, two is I would a, just like to point out that yes, that in the script it sure. says on the road to Calgary, the comedy Calgary, like in like in Canada. Oh, <laughs> which <laughs> Jesus didn't die in ca- Canada? No, yeah, no, he did. <laughs> he didn't go to Cal- ca- uh, Calvary to be uh, executed. He went to uh, Calgary. It's like a little so many know, of us before misinterpretation in the in the Bible. Um, there's also a piece of the cross used in the crucifixion, the supposed head of St. Peter's brother, St. Andrew, which was then sent to Greece and the Holy Lance. But it is believed that only the shaft of the Holy Lance resides in the Vatican and the blade tip, like we said, was broken off and moved to Constantinople and then so on and so forth until it landed with, I guess, the Habsburg in Vienna. I don't know. It gets confusing. Actually, you know, uh, the shaft of the spear did leave Rome and arrive in Constantinople at one point in time as well. The Turks destroyed Constantinople in the 15th century, but uh, Bayezid II, Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, sent the shaft, fragment, and a yearly monetary tribute of approximately 4,000 ounces of gold to Pope Innocent II in Rome in exchange for indefinitely 
holding the Sultan's brother and quote unquote pretender to the Turkish throne, Prince Jem. Um, what a great cartoon from the eighties. Yeah. Uh, as a prisoner in Rome. So basically, you know, the Sultan was like, Hey, listen, I don't want my brother competing for the throne. You keep him in prison. Here's your Holy Lance shaft. Here's some gold. Nice doing business with you. Yeah. So there's some confusion here. Some, some exchanging of hands. Yeah. The blade, you know, might be in Venice and the shaft might be in the Vatican, but is that even the truth? We don't know. Uh, could it actually be buried under the ocean with a sunken Nazi U-boat? What? Or frozen in Antarctica? What? Now, bunkfunkers, this is a first for us. We actually covered the broader topic at large first before diving into the more specific here. That's right. A weird change of pace for us. We hope you'll stick with us, um, but bear with us. We covered the topic of the alleged secret Nazi bases in Antarctica. If you haven't, you should check out that episode because things get pretty wild, but they're about to get even crazier, okay? That's right. Uh, Allegedly, Hitler had the real Spear of Destiny stashed amongst many other powerful relics aboard a secret German U-boat. Submarines destined for Antarctica in order to set up the 4th German Reich there in a secret underground base. The spear would have given this secret Nazi sect enough power to start the 4th Reich without Hitler at the helm. Now, it is true that the Nazis didn't, because honestly, how could you have a Reich without Hitler at the helm? Such a competent leader. Sure. Um, So now it is true that the Nazis did indeed send an expedition to Antarctica aboard the boat Schwabenland. Schwabenland. But they did land the boat on Antarctica and dubbed the land New Schwabia. But did they establish a hidden Nazi base there? And did they carry with them the Spear of Destiny? Now, another theory is that Hitler sent the real spear aboard a German U-boat destined for America? Uh, that's where I live. And there is some truth behind these claims, Andy. Nazi U-boats did arrive on American shores multiple times over the course of World War II. Operation Pastorius landed German U-boats off the shores of Long Island in New York. Hey, I'm swimming here. Oh, oh. Get your submarine out of my freaking butthole, okay? Oh. <laughs> um, German. Let's go Mets. Uh, German U-boats were shot down off the coast of North Carolina as well. On the deceased bodies of the Nazis on that boat, there were Nazi spies with fake American IDs and even American currency. So they were going to try to get, you know, spy, get, get infiltrate America there. Nazi spies even attempted to get aboard American soil in Maine. But could one of these sunken U-boats have been carrying the real Spear of Destiny? Now, it's well known that the Nazis plundered precious art and had a secret art dealing uh, black market that even sprang up because they had all this stolen artwork and then they made all these fake replicas of like famous artwork. So Mm -hmm. there's all this like that might be like a fun theory to cover one day as well that there's a lot of these famous pieces of art. Are they fakes? Are they replicas? Because actually, it's not that hard to fake art. Yeah. Yeah, people fake you all the time. That's true. They fake me out. Yeah. They cross, they crisscross, break my ankles and yeah. dunk on me. Yeah. Oof. You don't have that good agility. No, I know. I'm not very agility. So I <laughs> could, they have made even more replicas of the Spear of Destiny and then shipped them all over the world while keeping the real one hidden. And finally, as we mentioned, there is the third spear in Armenia. Could this be the real Spear of Destiny? That one's never left Armenia. Right. It's been in Armenia. (laughs) Well, what do skeptics have to say? Are they piercing the sides of this topic to see if it's DOA? Well, basically, at the end of the day, skeptics say this is all legend and hearsay. No one is denying the Lance's symbolic power and importance to both religious and secular groups alike. 
But as for any true power it held, uh, that was only in the eye of the spearholder. It captures the imagination of the public and generates myths about itself and its owner. As for the alleged powers of the lance to cause the owner to die if the lance were to fall out of their possession, there's no real way to prove or disprove this, considering we don't know which spear is the real spear or what ruler would be willing to test it out. But (laughs) allegedly, the spear was taken from Germany and moved to Vienna in 1946, months after Hitler's death. So he committed suicide with the lance still technically in his possession. Not that it really matters because historians and skeptics agree that it was Hitler's loss of the war and the idea of facing retribution for his war crimes that caused him to take his own life, not a mythical holy relic. Also, the Vatican's claims to hold the power uh, to hold the spear of destiny's shaft don't hold up very well either. The Sultan simply told Pope Innocent that this spear shaft was the real holy lance's shaft so that it, along with the payment, would be enough to make sure the Sultan's brother stayed a prisoner of Rome. Now, Trevor Ravenscroft's theory that uh, Trevor's Ravenscroft's... There's a lot of typos in this script, bunk buggers. <laughs> uh, theory that Hitler was obsessed with the spear and used it as a means of starting World War II because he believed, you know, hey, now that I have this spear, I'm going to be invincible, was largely, you know, dismissed by most mainstream historians. And the, actually, the plot of that was used as inspiration for Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is a great movie and it's super fun. Yeah. Great popcorn flick. At the end of the day... Archaeologists say, how can we even be sure what spear is the real spear? Here's the bottom line. When people in ancient times were digging up relics, they had this idea in their mind of what the relic is, what it looked like, and that was based solely off of a story they heard or read. So without any scientific dating or fact-checking, they dig up something in the ground, they proclaim it to be the real artifact, when, in artifact, it is not. Wow. Hey, Art, do you like the Beach Boys? Um, they're okay. Their early work was a little too surf rock for my taste, but when Today came out in 65, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. They've been compared to the Beatles, but I think Brian Wilson has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Andy? Yes, Art? Well, why why are there copies of Playgirl all over the place? Do do you do you have a dog, a little chow or something? No, Art. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In '66, Brian released his Pet Sounds, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpieces, God only knows, a song so catchy most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should because it's not just about the pleasures of companionship and the importance of loving relationships. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Art. Fuck, this axe is so fucking heavy. Try getting a reservation at Bennigan's now, you fucking stupid bastard. Andy, did you just try to murder me with an axe, Patrick Bateman style? No. Jesus Christ, Andy. Look at us. We're acting like a couple of... A couple of... United States lunatics. Ugh. Geez. You're right, Art. I... I wanted this beer for myself. So I could eat more pickles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. I wanted the spear for myself, too. 
so I could scratch my butt. We've totally lost sight of this topic, Andy. Much like the rulers throughout history, we've become greedy and obsessed with the power of the Spear of Destiny. And worst of all, we've lost sight of the only relic that truly matters. A whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That, why that was our research of the Spear of Destiny, wouldn't you say, Andy? Uh, yeah, I would say that's, I would, yeah, Art, that really was the research into the Spear of Destiny. Yeah. Um, very fun topic. Blanket statement right off the back. Loving this topic. Love a holy relic. Love uh, cool, powerful, fake fucking relics throughout history. Very fun, funny, um, you know, video gamey. Ooh, this powerful relic. What do you yeah, think? this is a great topic. Yeah. Uh, this is a very cool, um, I don't know, very cool thing. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the spears are badass. I think it's like a lot of a lot of holy relics associated to Christ. It's more about like healing properties. You know, it's like you get a piece of the true cross. It's like, oh, my cure your diseases, your afflictions, whatever. Um, this is the only one that I at least know off the top of my head without doing any amount of additional research into this, that's about conquering other people. Like the only, the only yeah. relic associated with Christ. That's I don't think that it's supposed to be designed for warfare. I don't think though that it's designed for that. I don't think that that was ever the intention. It's just like the blood fucking healed people. And then people are like, Oh shit, I can fucking fuck shit up with this. It's, it, well, and you know, it's what's, what's interesting is like with a lot of these relics, like, I don't know. I mean, did Christ ever intend for these things to become important? I don't know. Well, was know that part of the plan? I definitely 110% think that, um, like, if you, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that Jesus would ever, being what was said in the Bible, would ever care about the relics. He would be like, no, you fucking idiots. That was the opposite of what I care about. 
I'll tell it you one, doesn't matter. I'll tell you one thing, Art. If Jesus was alive today, he and I could make so much fucking money. Because what I would do is I would I would I would take like all right, we we got Jesus, right? We got Jesus. And we know from this spear of destiny, the Holy Lance story, that splattering Jesus' blood on you can like cure physical ailments. Sure. At least, at least physical ailments. <clears throat> so I would combine some things that are po- like, I don't know, popular. Um, okay, we've got like a religious healing aspect, right? Mm-hmm. We've also got Jesus is a human, right? Right. So that means Jesus could be subject to things like pimples. Oh, I would make popping videos where Jesus Ugh. pops his pimples no. onto Stop that. people whose bodies don't work very well. Ugh. And then they would be healed. And I will fucking we would run these a, on YouTube, no, no, no. infomercials mm-hmm. late at night. I'm making a copy Call, of the Lance. Get a vial of Jesus's pus. No, stop that. I am making a fucking copy of the Lance, and I'm going to stab you in the side and drain your blood and water and whatever the fuck else Mountain Dew that runs through your body and stop you from ever doing that. that they'd call me fucking disgusting. They'd call me Dr. Jesus Popper. Mr. Mr. Popper's Jesus Squins. <laughs> Dr. Jesus Popper. That's fucking disgusting. Which is better than my current name, which is Dr. Jalapeno Popper. <laughs> Where you uh you diagnose people's uh uh party, party Not snacks. Not enough cream cheese. Yeah. You're gonna want more onion in the dip. This Actually, ranch could be a little bit creamier. These buffalo wings aren't spicy enough. Hey, I'm Dr. Jalapeno Popper. Um, I think that these club sandwiches could use less shredded lettuce and more meat. <laughs> Since when is a club sandwich only three layers? I need eight. This hoagie should be at least three feet long. You've only got a one foot hoagie. You're gonna need more. Okay. Okay. That's me. Doctor, 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 how been your bomber? Okay. So, uh... <laughs> You anyway, call, I'm going to prescribe you. You're calling this buffalo chicken dip, and yet mm, I'm eating it, and my nose is not running, okay? I'm going to prescribe you 50 cc's of Frank's Red Hot Sauce. I'm going to I'm gonna prescribe you two C's in a wall. Two C's in a wall. That's a joke just for me and Andy, and maybe a few others. Uh, Dr. Jalapeno Popper, great character. No, I, I will, uh, if you ever came up with a popping, uh, I find that stuff absolutely abhorrent. I can't stand that stuff. Wow. You found the thing that... Wow. Oof. Get it away from me. Wow. Um, so if you if you make that wow, business... Wow, here's a real, here's a real uh, sticking point for the two of us, Bunk Bunkers. Yeah. You love that stuff. I find it kind of odd. It's mildly sa- satisfying. Mildly satisfying, oddly satisfying. I don't know if it's oddly satisfying. because I don't. Think no, a lot of people lot obviously people enjoy it. I've had doctors, dermatologists who are like, I fucking love popping zits. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, like oh, stop. God. I can't. No, I can't. Put your penis away. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm glad it's your passion, but like, fuck, cool it. <laughs> I'm just here to get a fucking refill on my prescription. It'd be like a beekeeper being like, I don't even wear the fucking suit. I'm <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. getting stung. Oh, I'm so allergic. Completely debilitates me. I go in there just to piss off the bees and get stung. Yeah, I shake them up. 
shake them. I put on a bear costume and I pretend to be a big old bear trying to get in their honey and kill their queen. I, put I the, do a little dance and I say, hey, your queen's a piece of shit. I put the bees in a box and then I fuck the box. <laughs> Let them sting my penis. Um, Andy, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up, dude? So obviously, if you got the spear in your hands, you'd be a disgusting lunatic. But what if yeah. you were like a ruler? Like yeah. a king or a ruler or some kind of um, emperor of some kind. I don't know how. I don't mm-hmm. know why anyone would look to you for advice. Yeah. Because you would always, knowing you that I've known you for how long I've known you. I know this about you because I know you, but other people might not know this because they don't know you. Yeah. Is that you don't like to commit to a decision because you don't want to be held accountable mm-hmm. in case that decision goes bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some of the reasons why you act like this, but um, it is a trait of yours. Yeah. And you famously like to stay in the gray. Mm-hmm. You can't pick. Yeah. You're not going to be held accountable. Right. I'm not going to get you. Right. So I don't know why anybody would ever look to you to rule because you'd be like, well, we could do this or we could do this. And people would be like, well, which one should we do? And he'd be like, well, you could do that. See, I think being a ruler would actually be easier for me because- you think. I- I could enact stuff and then people would be like, because, you know, if you're a ruler, you don't actually do that much. You like make decisions, right? But you don't make decisions. So you could just be like, yeah, well, I made this decision, but people didn't execute on it. So really. (laughs) So you would blame your subjects. Right. I would throw people under the bus. Okay. I actually think you'd be a great politician. Yeah. Because you could easily skirt around. the. You have this unbelievable ability to skirt around the truth. It's it's unfucking believable. It's like a superpower that you have. I have another. I have a different superpower, which yeah, well, maybe we'll discuss at a different time. But your superpower is you like it's. I've seen it in action. I've watched you from afar. I've watched you just navigate like a little worm, like a little snake man. Is that what all those cameras are? Yeah. I've seen you. You crawl in your belly. You get on your <laughs> all fours. You start sticking out your tongue. Swallow. You unhinge your jaw, and people will be saying things, and you just can like skirt around. Without, you can say things without ever saying anything. Do you have an example of this? You no. Share? Okay. <laughs> but just asking. Listen, just listen, asking. Just asking. Listen to the back catalog of this show. I guarantee you. <laughs> you see it all the you'll time. You'll find it. I especially go back toward the beginning. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, you can find it. It's It exists. Yeah. Um. Eh. So I think you'd be, but we're getting, we're digressing here. You're a ruler of a kingdom. <laughs> you're, you're ruler of... Uh, of New Andia or something. I don't know. What's the name of your kingdom? Um, Hogland. <laughs> Hogland. So you're the king of Hogland and you get your hands on a spear. I don't know what you do to get the spear. Maybe you can tell me what you do to get the spear. Well, what do you do with that spear? You can pick the time period as well. If you want to be during the fucking... <clears throat> Crusader King's timeline. I know you like that. I know you like that game, so you can pick that timeline. Be like, oh, I fucking attacked Bohemia. I took over Bohemia. I'm the, I'm the king of Bohemia. Ramsey. Bow down to me, you ruler. <gasps> the king of Bohemia. God, what would like, I do? What? Well, look, there's no there's no better time to be alive than the present. Ah. Oh. So I would say Hogland is a modern uh, nation. Okay. Um, and if we had the spear, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, uh, do I get to pick where Hogland's located? Sure. Um, okay. So I would pick that Hogland, um, 
Hogland would be located. Ooh, this is tough. Um, Where do you want to start your campaign? Hogland would be located in Antarctica. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Your country sucks. No, hold on. <laughs> I don't know. This country sucks, dude. Think about it. You have nothing. That's right. We don't have anything to start, but we got the spear. Okay, you have the spear. We got the spear. Um, so we start small, you know. We like we trickle up into like yeah, Africa, Southern Africa. Okay. Uh Madagascar. So you're gonna take over Africa. We're gonna trickle into Chile. Uh, what does trickle mean? We're just trickle. We're trickling in. Hoglandians are trickling in. They're immigrating with the spear. How many? How many people can Antarctica sustain? Well, it can sustain not that many, uh, which is why we got to trickle. <laughs> God damn it! All right, so you're trickling. You're emigrating. We're trickling. What are they doing? We're trickling, and we establish a base of operations. All right, so. Antarctica is our home base. This is where Hogland is located. You're like the Skaven. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then we got the spear, right? The spear stays in Antarctica. It's hard to get to. Uh, impassable terrain. But look, Hoglandians, experts at navigating it. We've been there for centuries. In we know, Antarctica. We know everything about Antarctica. Um, so eventually we get, you know, we get like little <laughs> Hogland communities in okay. other countries. Sure. And then... Okay, the Hogland military shows up with the spear, and we just start wrecking shit. Mm. And, you know, we start small. We attack, like, one little nation here or there we, with the spear. And then, you know, we use their technology and their arms and things to, uh, you know, keep advancing. And eventually, you know, we come for the big dogs. We come into, we're coming into, like, China. Wow. Japan. Wow. Western Europe. Wow. Russia. So you're going that way. USA. We're going all, we're going all, we're, our tendrils are long and they are slimy. Wow. And Hogland's coming to get you. And, you know, all the while we're, you know, we're going to be just rulers. Uh, We'll, yeah, sure. You know, our whole, we took over by death and destruction because that's the spear. Um, But. It's what we had to do. And then we'll unite the entire globe wow. under the Hogland banner. Uh, and this will become Hog Planet, Hog World. <laughs> hog World. Hog World. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I'd rather have Hogwarts. <laughs> Don't worry. Plenty of us do. Yeah. In Hogland. Sure. The cold gives you lots of warts. Yeah. On your hog. Wow. Uh, well, I, I, I very much rue and fear the day that you ever get your hands you better, on a spear. Better hope I not. I don't move to Antarctica and get one of them spears. <laughs> give me, a, give me one of them spears. Uh, let me see. I'll get a uh, Dr. Pepper and uh, give me one of them spears of destiny. Uh, give me two. Oh God, the spear of destiny. Very fun. Um, what do you think, Andy? What's your favorite moment throughout history? <laughs> What's your favorite historical moment? With the whole Spear Destiny. Where do uh, you think the timeline really takes a jump? Where is it jumping? Yeah. Uh, I think that these... I think the big problem with the timeline is the amount of Spears. Yes. You know, it's like you can kind of, you can kind of follow along with one Spear. And 
maybe even two spears a little bit. You know, the Constantine spear and the Longinus spear, it's like you could follow those kind of along. But then it's like, oh, okay, here's this Armenian spear. Here's this spear that was buried in Antioch. Here's other spears. Here's Britney Spears. <laughs> here's Marcus Spears. It's just like there's so many spears right. at this point. Uh, and that's where the timeline gets a little bit a little bit wackadoodle for me. It gets very wackadoodle with Constantine, I think. I see this right off the bat. Yeah, wow. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh. know that there's the OG Lance, but I'm going to make my own Lance. Because he makes his own, because he gets the nails. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, what? Well, just take the original one. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And then, I don't know, and then it just, like, disappears for a while. Yeah. Then it sprouts back up again. Yeah. Um, With Charlemagne, and it's like, well, which one did he have? Yeah. I don't know. He had a he had a holy lance. Well, which one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite lance moment is, or which lance is even my favorite. Well, obviously Lance original, Bass. Yeah, Lance Bass is my favorite. Uh, but I think the longest lance is my favorite. You like that lance? I like it just because of all the lances, it's the one that's got Jesus's body fluids on it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it's the one that has the real claim to fame. And I think what they should do is test the spear and see if they can clone Jesus. That would be a great Matt Damon movie. Yeah. From the people who brought you, we bought a zoo. Or maybe we, honey, I shrunk the kids. It'd be, honey, I cloned Jesus. Ah, jeez, honey, I cloned Jesus. Hey, what's up? It's me. <laughs> Played, uh, by Played by Seth Rogen. Oh, it's me, Jesus. Can I get a doobie? Uh, uh, dude, I'm so high. I'm Jesus. Uh, Seth, you're listening and we know you are. Call us. Call us. We'll do We Clone Jesus with you. Your chance to play Jesus. Your chance to play the Jesus. The role you were born to play. Um. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing with the carbon dating, they won't test it. You know, they, they have the blade is being held in Vienna. There is a blade. You can go to that museum in Vienna. Mm-hmm. You can see a bunch of fucking like ancient relics in there. Right. Probably fakes because they keep the real ones somewhere else. But, yeah. you know, they're faithful adaptations. Um, recreations, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, they won't let historians like do anything. It's probably because like what you're going to find is that. and 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 if they have done any. It, what it usually shows is that, like, these are lances or spears from, you know, much later than Jesus's time, but still within the Holy, the Roman Empire, the ancient Rome. Yeah. But, like, way later than when Jesus would have been around. Yeah. And these are just lances that people found. Right. Ceremonial lances from ancient Rome that were passed down through the ages because... There's a big jump in time between the Jewish revolt and even when Constantine appears. Right. That's a massive jump in time. That's like 66 AD versus what? When was Constantine? Like 700? Uh, Or six something. Yeah. And then it's like, then the Crusades are like not until after a thousand. Right. After the, you know, second millennium starts. Right. So you, that's a massive jump in time between the time when, Jesus would have been around. Yeah. And when 
Constantine is like, oh, I found all this cool dope shit with my mom. <laughs> you know. Man, that would have been such a good reality show. It would have been. Uh, Empress Mommy, Relic Hunter. <laughs> Helena and Constantine go fucking shit up, discovering relics in the Middle East. We're gonna fuck shit up. We're gonna fucking dig up relics. Relics. A relic. Um, would you rather have relics or relish? Thank you. Holy relish. <laughs> Holy relish. Holy relish. You've been down so long in my hot dog bar. <laughs> What's becoming of you? Neon green. Ride the wiener. <laughs> Next to the mustard, you're neon green. Don't you see what, what I'm eating? What I'm eating? We gotta slurp it down. <laughs> slurp it down. Holy relish. Um, what else, Andy? What else do we want to talk about with the spear? Um, let's see. Spear of destiny. Um, wow. I mean, this thing. Uh, you know. This is a history topic. History, mystery. You love history. You know what's interesting to me, though, about yeah, this spear? It, what's interesting to you? Is that it's got all of this, um, you know, cachet. So much cachet. But. Gotta clear its cachet. It spends most of its life being lost or <laughs> being just put in storage. That's actually true. Like, people aren't really utilizing the spear all that much. Charlemagne did. Constantine. Constantine did. But then most of the time it just kind of sits around and yeah. people don't know where it is or they're busy making their other, like the Armenians have had this spear. What the fuck are they doing with it? It's just been chilling. Yeah. Just sitting there. Right. Armenians need the hogland, uh, you know, gumption to get out there and start conquering. We all need a little hogland in us. Yeah. We all need a little hog in us. Everybody needs a little hog inside of them. Um, yeah, no, it just kind of sits around a lot. Like nobody ever uses the spear to like actually stab anybody. Yeah. I think that would be kind of dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if Charlemagne was just like, and he stabbed like fucking, but it's, 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 it's like five a, dudes. It's like any other relic where it's just like there. Right. And they're like, well, we have it like the, you know, it's like the, um, the, the Holy grail is kind of the same thing where it's like, Ooh, this right. is a relic of great power, but it's yeah. not like, Oh, because you drink out of it and it gives you superpowers. It's like, Ooh, just because it's a holy item. So all you have to do is just have it. It's a passive, I guess. It's a passive in your inventory. Yeah, I mean, honestly. If we were to stat out the Holy Lance. If we're going to stat out the Holy Lance, obviously it is not a weapon, right? I don't it's, think so. This is a character item that you can equip, but it's more like an article of clothing or <laughs> a piece of jewelry. I would agree with that, actually. Yes, no one's really using it as a weapon. And you would equip it probably to your commander, or the highest ranking person in your force. Right. I mean, depending on what you're doing, whether it's like we're talking about RPG or if we're talking like, sure. uh, you know, total war. Like, okay. Yeah. So the lance itself, so it's equipable as an item. It's not mm -hmm. a weapon. Not a weapon. And I think the thing that it does is it grants you no special abilities because that's not part of the lore. Okay. But what it does is it has some sort of an aura so I think this is buffing your troops. Ooh, leadership. Yeah, this is increasing the leadership of your army. 
By um, probably a lot. But I think that this is an area of effect thing, a radius. Sure, it's got to be within your your lord, your this legendary lord. This wouldn't be lord. like, oh, buffs leadership for all armies globally. No. Mm, maybe, maybe a small buff to armies globally. because they see in, a small buff to armies globally. Because they're inspired by the spear, but its real power would be on the battlefield sure. as a buff to leadership. Eh, maybe, like, helps reduce fatigue. Um, I don't know. But it doesn't seem to, like, necessarily imbue... Uh, anybody with like martial prowess necessarily. It's really more like, well, we're going to win the battle because we have the spear because everybody, we got God on our side. That's true. And I think once it becomes unequipped though, I think for like however many turns, right? I right. think your legendary Lord might pass away instantly. Yeah. I think if you unequip it on uh, kill. Yeah. Your, your Lord is either like wounded for probably wounded because you probably can't die. I don't think you can kill the legendary Lords. They respawn, right? They'll come back. Um, but you know, so maybe, you're wounded. Yeah, you're wounded. You go out. Maybe it resets your skill tree, like your XP. You start back at zero. Wow, that's, that's uh, that'd be that'd be harsh. I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody would ever equip this land. That'd be harsh. Well, you just have to keep it on forever. I would have to think there are better items in the game. <laughs> frankly, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're giving it enough of a buff. I think it needs to be like. You your think? army literally will not rout. Okay, yeah, that's fair. All of your units are unbreakable. They're unbreakable. In battle, unbreakable. Who, whichever lord has the the holy spear, your it units can't be broken. Are unbreakable for the duration of the battle. I might have to even say it doubles uh, attack power or something like wow. it. Like it's you got to give it something because the story of the lance is that these smaller armies could just outmaneuver and outpower these bigger forces. Okay, so how about this? It gives. It gives this buff to leadership. All your units are unbreakable on the battlefield. Also, all your units get vanguard deployment. Wow. So you can deploy anywhere on oh the battlefield. Oh my God. Okay. I like that. So then you can Love spring some the vanguard attack. deployment. Yeah. Your smaller force becomes a little more, uh, you know, you don't have to do as much with it. Not bad. Not bad. Um, let's see. What would. What else would buff an army? Small army. I might still put like a military, you know, like attack power on it. But uh, I mean, if it kills your fucking legendary lord the minute you unquip Ooh, it. Oh, I know, I know. It's 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 the whole thing of Christ and the healing. This has got to be some kind of healing buff too. Sure, okay. There's maybe a this, healing. Maybe aura. there's a health regen. A health regen aura on your yeah. legendary lord. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah. Okay, this is sounding a little bit okay, better. It's getting a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I, well, let's let's be honest. You equip items on your legendary lords. You don't fucking think about it. Fucking throw shit on there. Really? You just put whatever? I mean, it depends if I'm looking for a very specific item. Jeez, you gotta buff them right, dude. Nah, dude, you just fucking, you just gotta min-max your fucking armies. Nah, fuck You get all those monstrous units. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about two different kinds of Total War, but... Yeah, uh, yeah well, I mean, I don't know. Monstrous units. Mm, I mean, it depends. I don't think there are any in Shogun 2 or whatever you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, medieval 2, thank you. Medieval 2. Um... Yeah, no, I think Speaking uh, of Crusades. Speaking of Crusades. Um maybe my uh maybe King Rufus of England will actually pick up the Holy Lance. He's in Cairo right now. He's fighting Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> what? Wait, what are Egypt. you talking about? Egypt. In Egypt. in the Middle Ages. Egypt. Yeah. You know, the nation of Egypt that existed in eleven eighty six or whatever year it is. <laughs> Egypt. Well, I mean, it's the Egyptians. So lazy. 
And he hates Medieval 2. I think a lot of people like Medieval 2. No, it's a good game. Great game. Okay. I love it. Right. It's just an a, a historical part of it. Wow. Andy's calling out fucking Creative Assembly. Yeah. Get fucked. Well, creative Assembly suck my balls. Wow, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> creative Assembly can suck Andy's Holy Lance. Um, well, we standed out the Holy Lance. We talked about <laughs> Hoglandia. Um... I don't know, Andy. I mean, we could get to verdicts here on this Lance. All right, let's I think get to it's verdicts. An interesting verdict. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we got to. Or we? What is our verdict like? Is the power of the Lance a thing? And where do you think it is? Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Um, like, is the power of the Lance a thing? Um, I'm gonna give you a weird verdict here. Um, just but I, this once. <laughs> Say something. Anyway, uh, does the lance does the lance have any power? Mm. Plausible plus. Wow! Because I would wager you would wager that in some cases the confidence inspired. Do I think that it actually does anything? No. Because it might not even be the genuine article. Um, but I would say that the confidence in, like instilled in armies, knowing that this lance is on the battlefield with them, yeah. is maybe enough to get them to perform better. Wow. Because, you know, it's like that thing of being in a car crash, right? Like, hold on, stick with me. Okay. If you I feel are, like if I do, I'm going to end up in a car crash. If you're aware you're going to crash, your natural reaction is to tense up. And that can be bad in a car crash because you can, it's better for you to sort of be limp because then you'll just let the, all the safety features in the car just sort of sort you out. You know, the airbags deploy, um, you know, the seatbelt sticks to you. But if you're like, if you're bracing against it, like you can actually like hurt yourself more. Sure. Whereas if you're, you know, like sometimes people who are unconscious in a car, they actually have fewer injuries than somebody who is conscious. If you're unconscious in a tornado, the tornado flings you around, you can actually survive. Right. But when you're conscious, you try to like fight it. Right. And that can actually cause more damage. So the spear of destiny is working the same way. The Holy Lance is making these armies. They're at ease. They're like, we don't need to try. We're going to fucking win. And then they just go do it. And so it unlocked the confidence that was inside them all along. That it was obscured by the horrors of war. So does it have some power? Yeah, it does. Possible plus. <laughs> I don't think I agree with your analogy, your metaphor there, but like I would have said something like, it's like those times where in in the moment of like adrenaline, like you are able to lift 10 times your strength, like you access that extra strength or something, but like, okay, yeah. All right. How about this is a better analogy. <laughs> let's you're say, done. let's say you, you're playing a pickup basketball game okay. and Shaq walks by, but he's on his way from a business meeting. So he's like suited up and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, he's coming from the Papa John's board meeting and He's carrying the shakaroni. He's got a big old <laughs> pipe and shakaroni in his hands. He's smoking a pipe. And he's not ready to play basketball is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. But you're like, all right, well, shack up my team. And he's like, oh. 
And then he joins in. And that I think this works. And like, even though you already had a good enough team to beat the other team, you feel inspired. You like you, or it was close call. Like even if Shaq doesn't do very much, cause he just sort of camped under the net. Um, and he, you know, uses the Shaq. Uh, maybe it's like you, you toss it to him and he like lays it up, but he's not like running around and stuff. Cause he's wearing uh wingtips or whatever. So like, even just because Shaq is on the court, <laughs> sure. You're like, Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. We're, we're going to win, win this it. thing and yeah. you play out of your mind right. because you're like we got fucking Shaq. Yeah, better players make teams better because yeah, they inspire. Yeah. Sure. Okay, I will I will go with that one. The Holy Lance is, is Shaq. the Shaq of a pickup basketball game. See, he never put down the Shaqaroni <laughs> because he doesn't want to set it on the ground. So, sure. he's only got one hand, too. Right. So, he doesn't do that much. Sure. But you feel fucking great about it. Right. You've got Shaq. And You're you, going to win. Your team plays awesome. At the same time, can also lead you to defeat because maybe overconfidence is an strong. insidious kill, killer. Right. Yeah. Pride goeth before the fall. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe that's how the Holy Lance. It seems like the Holy Lance just gets sold a lot. Yeah. Like people don't really lose it in which battle. Is, which is very, I mean, very on point for the Roman Catholic Church, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's this thing that's holy. You could buy it for a lot of money if you want it. <laughs> oh, we'll keep some. You probably can't get into heaven without yeah. it, by the way. Wink, wink. Prisoner. We'll <laughs> I'm suggesting somebody. strongly that you buy it. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, indulge me on this proposition, would you? Yeah. Um, indulgences. Um, anyway... Are you going to give a verdict? Uh, I have not yet. I have not. Oh, you want me to tell you where the spear is? Oh, yeah. Let's Up just... your fucking ass, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. Nah, I don't know. It's probably lost history. Who are we? <laughs> Actually, Andy, one second. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's Shaq. Um, the spear, you know, if it did go. Look. Look. Let's go back to the original Longinus spear. This is the spear that matters. The only one that matters. This is the one that matters. Constantine, I'm sorry, but fuck you. This Longinus spear is the one that matters. Mm-hmm. Pierced the side of Christ, went back to a Roman armory. They were probably like, this is just another fucking spear. Why would any, nobody in the Roman army was like, we gotta, we gotta set this spear aside. And they didn't give a fuck about Jesus. Nobody knew which spear it was. It's just another fucking spear. Right. Even though it was the most powerful object in all of the earth. And in fact, the universe. True. So I think it's lost. Way to go. Um, I don't think there's any way to figure out what's real or what's not no there would be no absolutely no way because even even the earliest of dating of anything it's it, 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 and it dating's would, only going to give you a range right it'll never be like yeah that's this exact thing unless we knew what jesus christ's dna was yeah and we could get a preserved sample to test i guess this whole thing assumes that you believe that jesus christ was a real person was a historical person right right which meant i mean uh, Maybe a topic for another day. Right. And, and you know. Yeah, we can't, I can't wait to do our episode on does God exist? <laughs> what a conspiracy. Um, oh, yeah. That's what exactly what God wants you to think is that he doesn't exist. Well, guess what? He's real. Plausible plus. Um, no, I think I'm going to agree with you. Like with the plausible plus plus verdict, I was going to kind of do the same thing where it's like, yeah, people believed these holy lances were real. And. There's been tons of other things like that. It's like, well, we're going to win because we have God is on our side. And little they know, the other people are like, well, God's on our side. So we're going to win too. I think when it really comes down to it, 
these people like Charlemagne and Constantine and, uh, you know, uh, Otto and, and Henry the first, they were just a two of the Holy Roman empire. Hey man. Speaking of Otto. Wow. That's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. What does he say? What's up little dude? Uh, you mind if I crash here? Nobody calls me a sponge. <laughs> Nobody calls me a sponge. Gets away with it. Helica. Um, well, so, you know, it, like, it, I just, these dudes were probably just really good tacticians. I mean, medieval combat wasn't anything uh, crazy. You kind of just lined your guys up and crashed them into each other, and whoever had the bigger forces ended up winning. I would love to be the tactical genius from, like, medieval times. Why? I have an idea. <laughs> Me lord, I have an idea for how we could arrange our forces. Let's put the spearmen in the front to absorb the charge of their cavalry. We'll place the archers behind them so they can shoot on the incoming infantry. And then meanwhile, once they're engaged in melee combat, we will use our cavalry to charge them in the rear. Genius! (laughs) Or like the first dude to do like guerrilla warfare. And then the other guys are just like, that's not fair. You can't do that. That's no, stop. Like why? You can't hide. Stop it. That's not how it works. I mean, yeah, we lost a battle, but they didn't do it right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Off with his head. All right. Well, I'm going to rewrite history and say that I won victoriously. <laughs> that would be my tactic. Yeah. I fight like a dirty fucking rat. You would, you would be one of the few people who knew how to write and you would be like, <laughs> yeah, scribbling your fucking... And King Art was out there on his badass steed, his penis so huge. Like, and they were like, oh, hmm. And then he, after the battle, took out his glittering gold sword. And he doth slain all the enemies individually by himself and then mated with all of the women and men. And did shoot his jism. His holy jism into a grail. Jizz <laughs> grails. Oh, yeah, that would be what you it would do. A holy sock. Oh, what are you going to fucking... Uh, a jewel-encrusted sock. A jewel-encrusted crusty a sock. Jewel, a jeweled crusty sock. You're like, well, what are you going to do, me lord? You're going to fucking... Uh, like, what are you... Noble Duke. The Duke of... Dukes. All <laughs> my Duke... duke. Duke's mayo. Yeah, I would be the Duke of mayonnaise. You'd be the Duke of mayo. I would have you as the Duke of mayo. You'd be like, well, that didn't really happen. I'd be like, this guy's fucking idiot. He said it didn't happen. It happened. Fucking idiot. But, 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 Lord, we hid in the trees and shot the arrows upon The kingdom of them. Hogland and I am the Duke of mayo. <laughs> no, no, no. I won because I had the holy land, so get fucked. No, and now here comes my <laughs> chief of government. The Caesar of Salad. <laughs> A beautiful hogland. <laughs> Let us all squeal our national anthem. <laughs> oh my god. I think the I think the real uh I think the Lance I think the truest Lance is the um the one in Vienna. Oh, wow. Uh, because the longest lance is, has been lost to history yeah. for most of time. Right. The one in Armenia, I'm sorry, Armenians, is of Greek origin. 
they tested it and looked at it. That's like the easiest one to rule out, right? It's like this is a Greek. It's thing. also, I mean, no, I mean, we're shitting a lot on Armenia here, and I don't mean to, but the least interesting of the lances. Let's be honest, it just kind of chilled. Yeah, it's just like okay, you have a lance, but yeah, you're not really utilizing it, right? So I don't really know if the Apostle Thaddeus brought it to Armenia or has any magic borrow. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I think. I think that that's, you know, that's, that's probably the OG one, but you know, it's, it probably doesn't, it's not, there is no OG one. So that's the realest one we have. The one that Hitler likely coveted. I do think that Hitler and, you know, the Nazis obviously had control of this lance. They believed that it had great power. They had captured lots of other holy relics and, um, great pieces of art. They plundered art from all over Europe. And um, they likely held that, that lance. And they, you know, thought it was a fucking other thing that they wanted to take control of. So much like you, I think that if a bunch of people get together and they go, hey, this thing has power. Well, guess what? It kind of does in a way. You can convince people. If people are convinced that by fighting in this battle, they have the Holy Lance, they're going to win. They'll give up their life, but they'll end up in heaven when they go on this crusade. Um, then that's what they believe and they might be more motivated to do better in battle. Therefore, yes, it does have some kind of psychological effect on people. It's big time placebo. It's like any, big time placebos. It's like anything with, uh, you know, like you could buy these holy vials of water that are supposed oh, to like, my God. And it's like, I guess if you have a cold and like blessed oh, by the popes, you drink, you drink the vial of water and you feel better. It's like, oh, I guess it had a little bit of power. It's like, it's not real. It's just that you felt better. You had a placebo I effect. Know. I do but, that every time I go into a Catholic church is they keep those little things of water right by the door and I lap mm -hmm. it up like a dog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I go, Ooh, thank you, father. It's so nice that they make them just that right shape so that you can bend down and stick your head in it. Exactly. All right. Those were our verdicts on the Spear of Destiny. And D, uh, if you let, let us know what you think, Bunk Funkers, use mm -hmm. the hashtag. Oh, wow. God, there's so many to choose from on this one. Um, I got to go with hashtag Hogland. Hashtag Hogland. Let us know what you think of the Spear of Destiny. Email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find mm -hmm. us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBunkerPod. Find us on YouTube, YouTube search Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. And if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. Um, find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Donate. You can get probably over 30 hours of, of, of content. And just, more to come. And more to come for just five bucks a month, two episodes a month. Um, <laughs> newsletters galore. Access to the Bunker Discord. We could chat with Andy and I and other Bunk Funkers. And um, other stuff in there as well. So, bunker alarm, shout us out. You know, lots of fun stuff. So, yeah. anyway, um, Andy, you know, that was the Spear of Destiny. That was the Spear of Destiny. I think that we, um, you know, we pierced this topic. Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, we didn't give our, we didn't give the bunk funkers the shaft on this one. Um, it wasn't just the tip. Uh, we gave him the whole enchilada. That's true. We did. And now I think it's our destiny to uh, get out of here. Yeah. It's our destiny to be crucified and then stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So, bunkfuckers, go ahead and stab the side of this podcast to make it stop. <laughs> because for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my unguinous. Oh, unguinous. I don't know that one. 
Gotta look that one up. Art's, Art's straining with laughter here. Go, Sandy Hart. It's so mean. Uh, Amar Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Stick a fork and stick a spear in this episode. It's done. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.